I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. The Nets do a five-game West Coast swing, 5-0 straight up. Finish it beating the Clippers and the Lakers. Just another weekend at the office. Still, though, the Nets plus 350, almost 4-1 to one to win the title. We gave the best bet on Friday. If you want this, you better move because I think it's going down. Speaking of going down, in the NBA, Utah loses their first game in a while this weekend. Still, though, the market believes they were 12 to 1 last week to win the title. Utah now 8 to 1, 5 to 1 in some spots. 8 to 1 is the best number you can get. In the NFL, Carson Wentz. Some sides are saying the Colts gave up too much. Some sides are saying Philly got too much. We'll break it down. Here comes a four hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations. Across this great nation, live on a Monday, special show today, Jonas day off well deserved day off maddie holt is in studio now dedicated listeners they remember throughout the football season almost without fail maddie holt here on wednesdays his background i don't know how to say this he's my favorite bookie former bookie though former bookie for a long time he was vice president at Cantor gaming and uh, they took billions of dollars of bets over just a few, you know, handful of years. And now usintegrity.com. What is that? They stop the bad guys who are corrupting sports betting. You know, Matt, it's always funny when I do things, you know, that are more general interest, not sports even. You know, there's gambling, then there's sports, and then there's like NPR, right? And to me, the question... I get on the NPRs of the world the most is more gambling means more game fixing, more kids being corrupted. And it's always been my belief that if a crime or potential crime is being watched, then that's a deterrent. Just imagine a scenario. I used to do some stuff at the local ESPN station. Well, we had a show there like five or six years before this. And it was... They had a break room, and in the break room, there were you've been there, there was a refrigerator and just candy spread out, but there was a lockbox that you were supposed to take a candy bar and put a dollar in, or whatever the amount was. What percentage of dollars do you think made it in the lockbox? Uh, I would at least like to say 50-50. You're an optimist, I think. But why? Because no one was watching. Um, to me... If you think back to the gambling mm, instances where there has been corruption that's been caught, there has been game fixing, it usually has been a big chunk of the time 
they are dumb enough, the conspirators, to bet in Vegas. And because they're betting in Vegas, it ends up that there's a paper trail and they get caught that way. It, not to try to give the recipe of how to do this, but in general, if it's regulated, it's being watched. Would you agree that if we were regulated in all 50 states, the amount of corruption, game fixing would actually decrease because we know it's happening in all 50 states anyway. It's just not being watched in a lot of them. I actually think the amount of corruption and game fixing would decrease. It's just that it would feel like it's increasing because so little of it was caught when there was no way to catch it. That is so right. It is so important that the standard not be never. Right? I mean, there's murder. There's, I mean, I don't want to talk about all the horrible things that happen. The idea that there's not some kid isn't going to take 10,000 bucks that plays for a Toledo or a San Diego. It's almost impossible to think. It's like saying drug dealing or drug use. Oh, there's not going to be any of that. But the question is how much happened before and how much is happening now. And you guys, you know, you were right. The reason, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, and we'll get into the weekend's action. You saw the opportunity for U.S. integrity because at Cantor, you were a liaison with the NBA and other leagues when it came to the monitoring they were doing then. How much monitoring do you think is being done now by you as opposed to what was being done three years ago? Like 10x. It's amazing the amount of stuff we monitor. We actually see real bets from most of the most uh, prolific regulated sports books throughout the country, as well as uh, you know event partners in the different leagues, conferences, universities, teams, etc., we have access to so much data now, and you know we can run names through LexisNexis. Is some guy the brother-in-law of the referee or the cousin of the quarterback? It's just amazing the data we have access to now and the ability to analyze it and look for abnormalities. Have you ever looked at Sam Darnold for fixing games? No. <laughs> Do you ever think this guy's so bad that, that, that you know the only it could either be he should be out of the league or he's fixing? Nah, we know he's not fixing. But <laughs> that is funny to think how bad does someone have to be? It's like that could not be how he's. <laughs> uh, it's funny, you know. Colin's been great. I mean, and he's right here in FSR. But he's talking about like the quarterbacks and saying, well, that one's a bust and this one's a bust. And it's like somehow Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz have somehow stayed above the fray of being bust. And he, Colin named his top 12 quarterbacks today. And he said, I, you know, I didn't put Carson in here, but I think he very well could be by next year. It's like, I, I, you know, I don't know what I'll do after this show, you know, whenever, but it strikes me that someone who tracked with the national guys of consequence say and kept a scorecard would be fascinating. Yeah. Because it really does feel like you're perceived to be more accurate if you somehow gloss over. Like you would think the listener would say, wow, RJ, he's right, he's right, he's right, but but he was wrong about this and this, and he talked about it, he talked about the lessons from it. It, it, it feels like to me, and again, Colin is a genius at radio. He, you know, so he's working at a level. I don't fully understand when it comes to how to be impactful and, you know, you say something that makes half the people mad and have, I'm just trying to be right. Right. And, but when I, one of the ways to be right, it seems like is to admit when you're wrong and learn from it. 
And it doesn't feel like the, the, like the national guys, it benefits them to do that. I think in general, it's better to, you know, I, I, someone said recently, a lot of geniuses when you have an eraser. And again, genius is a word I don't throw around, you know, because I think that means like next level. Like, I think Belichick's the only genius in football. I think Colin is a genius at radio. But boy, what a better does and what a radio guy does are two different things. We try to do the best of both because sports betters listen for the money and sports fans to know more than their buddies. But in general, we're trying to be right. So, Maddie, you're saying 10 times as much observing. So the chance of getting caught. So you're just putting everyone on notice. Don't try to fix a game. Don't try to do it. Do you ever do it? Like you have a haircut like Joe Friday. Remember from Dragnet? Dan Aykroyd. In the newer one. Do you ever do you go to the barber and give a picture of like Jack Webb and say that? That's, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think it works. You I, I stay really, high and tight. Huh? We, we got, <laughs> well, you were in the service. We, we got to get the Dragnet theme. Okay. That would be great. All right. Let's get to it. And we're going to open up with the Brooklyn Nets. This is a team that we talked about at length Thursday and Friday of last week. How good are they? Are they the best team? And the case I made about the Lakers was this. And Matt, you can attest to this. You were here. As the bubble was ending, Steve Fezzik made his best bet of the first round on Portland to beat the Lakers last season as the bubble was ending, or at least the regular season part of it. Uh, Colin picked Portland. So elite radio guy, elite professional better. They thought Lakers can't even win. You know, they're going to get eliminated in round one. They won the title. But let's agree that the Clippers, Milwaukee, and Lakers were all neck and neck, at least in the betting markets, all through last year. Okay. You agree with that? Yep. So it's not like, oh, it's last year's champ, and they're just, you know, they were dominant, and now they're dominant again. Maybe they're better with Schroeder. I mean, we'll see. We also got to kind of take the Anthony Davis. It's a month. If it's only a month, it's fine. But could this be the beginning of a lingering problem, right? That's certainly a possibility. It's a serious injury for a big man, especially. Um, uh, the feet and the lower body yeah, in general. Calf, ankles, uh, feet tend to be worse on big players. Now, I haven't looked at his weight because, like, usually if you win a title, if someone. Uh, is celebrating too much and stuff. You you know got a few extra pounds on. You play yourself into shape. Shaq used to do that a lot. Did you get a sense of Anthony Davis is uh, in any less good shape this year or uh, no? I just think visible? he's always been big. He's always been a guy who's six ten over two hundred and fifty pounds. He's not rail thin, regardless. That's right, and which allows him to play inside. Yeah, but again, big men and longevity. Don't often go together. So I'm not saying Anthony Davis isn't most likely going to be healthy. I'm saying there's a real X factor there. Yeah, I mean Yao Ming wasn't, you know, was was thin, and Greg Oden was thin. It wasn't that they were out of shape or carrying extra weight. It's just at that height and athleticism, these are big guys. Anthony Davis is 6'10", 260 every day, all day at at, the, at a minimum, and that takes a toll on ankles, calves, and feet. So to me, if you think about the Lakers' run to the title last year. They won. And if you win a title, you win a title. I mean, I give them a t- If anything, this was maybe a harder title because of COVID. But the, but the fact of the matter is, the, uh, uh-oh, 
Maybe someone's making a bet that is problematic. <laughs> We're straight out of Vegas talking with Matty Holt from U.S. Integrity. I'm R.J. Bell. So the question is, I think, un- unequivocally, the run the Lakers had with the opponents they faced was a, a fortunate run. They didn't really play the best possible teams. I mean, regular season— They didn't play Clippers or Milwaukee. Yeah, those were the two you know, of the big three yeah. um, teams. They were the one of the big—now, you could say that's because they were champs. True. But I just am saying it's hard enough to go back-to-back because of the disease of me and all that stuff that Pat Riley talks about. But this wasn't even a dominant championship team. And now you look at this Nets team, and I'm hearing about all these players being out. But the Nets have only had six games. You know, like Kawhi was out that game. Paul George was out, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, which of those guys are better than Kevin Durant? And I'm not talking about Kevin Durant – before his Achilles, I'm talking about since his Achilles. He's, you know, he's had an amazingly good year. And I would make the case that if you just look at uh, Brooklyn against good teams when they're motivated, and it'd be nice if they were motivated every game, but if they were, they wouldn't be plus 350. I think that people are being deceived because the two big questions, and I'm going to ask you if you agree, the two big questions are, could there be an integration with Harden. Is that, that going to work? And number two would be the general health, or I guess the motivation of the team. These are players other than Durant that are known to be questions in the locker room, known to be questions about being selfish, maybe. It strikes me that this year, and I guess you could have said Kevin Durant's health. I think generally Durant's health and level of play has exceeded expectations. I think Harden's integration has exceeded expectations. And I think the Nets against winning teams shows you how good they are, and it's the best in the league. What do you think? How do you look at the Nets, and why are they plus 350, which I think is too, offering us too much value? Because even with their current run, I think their defensive efficiency numbers are, are right near the bottom of the league. And people say, well, maybe you can win with an average defense, but not with – the worst defense in basketball, but I think they're proving everything, everybody wrong because their offensive efficiency numbers are, are off the charts. We've never seen offensive efficiency numbers this good, and we have to assume that their defense is going to get better in the playoffs when people tend to clamp down. And that's the question. I think when you see against good teams, and we're going to have the numbers when we come back, how good are the Nets when they play winning teams? How different is it versus losing teams? Because obviously in the playoffs, you're playing winning teams, and I'm going to reinforce, I think there's value with this New Jersey team. We'll talk about how to bet them if you like them when we come back. We are straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Jonas Knox, a well-deserved couple of days off. Fezzik back in tomorrow and Wednesday with me. Matty Holt, U.S. Integrity, the Joe Friday of sports betting, joins. All right. So we were talking about the Brooklyn Nets. Sometimes I'll say New Jersey now and again. The Brooklyn Nets. And I got to tell you, Colin made, I listened to, a nice chunk of his show today, he made a really interesting point. 
Brooklyn is a team that made a monster trade with the Boston Celtics not that long ago. And it's really been the key to the Celtics having a ton of assets. And it was getting rid of the big, you know, pretty much the big three as they were aging. The thought was potentially one last push with the Nets. Didn't work out. The Russian owner decided he wasn't going to fund it the way that he had intended. And, you know, it was a big kind of reversal. Boston looked away, uh, walked away looking sweet because it's one thing to trade for first rounders. It's another thing if it's in the lottery. And that's what Miami's benefiting from, the Dolphins, with Houston. You know, failing in a way you wouldn't expect this year, giving them the number three pick. So you think Boston's smart, Brooklyn not smart. Then most people, and I'll give you a ton of credit, Matt, most people were skeptical of the Nets a year ago when we were just talking, forget about Harden, about Durant and Kyrie, and this was, you know, understanding Durant was going to miss the year. So it was before that year. So over a year ago, you said they got to be one of the favorites. Now, to me, I thought that was ridiculous. And I think in hindsight, it probably would be with just the two, but we don't even have to debate that anymore. But with Harden, it's like, wowza. And what did they do? What did the Nets do? They got aggressive. Colin made an interesting point. The whole time Boston's been smart conservative, calculating, and the Nets have been, damn the torpedoes, full steam ahead. Right now, if I could have the Celtics or the Nets, whoever wins a title first, I win 10000 bucks. Am I even blinking, or do I take the Nets? And what does that say about going for it when you have a chance? It says a lot, and I think there's something to be said in the NBA today about acquiring those two superstars, because the one thing we know is if you get the two combined and things start working out, that team's going to be really attractive to a third to come there or to even go and acquire a third in a trade. And it's not only to get a third superstar, which may or may not be the right way. Sometimes I think it'd be better to have two half superstars, like two superstars and two, you know, 20, $22 million guys. But, you know, you don't always have a choice, so it's whatever you get. But then when you have that core, regardless if it's three or four, then you get uh, trades. That you, you can get some trades at the deadline. Veterans coming in for the veteran the buy, minimum. The buyout. So, the, to me, this Brooklyn team... I'm not sure how good they are. I think they may be the best team in the league, but they are going to be better a week or two after the buyouts are done. And what matters is the playoffs. Everyone's saying, well, Anthony Davis, no big deal because it's not the playoffs. Seeding doesn't matter. Okay, well, I believe that Brooklyn, of all the teams in the NBA, if I had to bet which team is going to improve the most on the roster, not as a team, but on the roster – between now and, let's say, this beginning of the playoffs, I think Brooklyn is likely the most improved team. What do you think? Uh, Absolutely. I I think Portland will also improve quite a bit because two of their three big three have been hurt basically all year. McCollum, not all season, but for several weeks now. So you could probably put Portland in that mix too, but you're right. Brooklyn's going to get so much better when they're all healthy and add a bunch of pieces, and this is going to be a really good team. I I I have a hard time believing anybody in the East really could challenge them. So Philadelphia, Embiid puts up 50 uh, on Friday night. Got a lot of people talking. We see narratives are very important in the NBA 
um, in any sport, really, especially ones that have voting. And in a way, betting is voting. When you decide who to bet on, you're voting. Uh, you're not impressed by Philly. I think Philly's okay. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> that's not impressed. Okay, no, I'm not impressed by Philly. No, uh, and I'm not. In, I'm not excited about Embiid's MVP chances. Really? See, now that's one. Popo's odds up, Mackenzie. That's one that I'm. But he's missed six games already, a third of the way through the season, and if he stays on his average, he's going to miss 18. Yeah, yeah, boy, that. And that these aren't games me. where he's all hurt. He rests. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought he was selective. And again, I don't know. I'm speculating. Possibly. Allegedly. No, not even allegedly. But uh, Gobert with Utah, just so good defensively. And when there was, and B was likely to play in last minute, late scratch, if you're going to get a rest and you're going for MVP, maybe Gobert is the game you miss. Maybe, but you can only miss so many. If LeBron plays every game and you miss 18, and the narrative is going to be too much to overcome. Because let's face it, you have to overcome the narrative. LeBron wants the MVP. The people that are voting for the NBP want to give it to LeBron this year. Because it's been a long time and they all think that he deserves it. So you're going to have to overcome narrative. I don't think you overcome the narrative disadvantage by missing 18 games. That's Matty Holt, U.S. Integrity, former bookmaker. We are straight out of Vegas. We have those odds, those MVP odds up right now. LeBron James is the favorite, plus 125. 100 wins you 25. Embiid second, plus 350. Third, the Joker. Now, I'm going to make a prediction. The Joker is not winning the MVP. Because if most people call him the Joker and not his name, and it's not so much because it's such a cool nickname, it just starts with a J and an O, and they just don't want to say his last name because they're not sure, right? So I think, and then I'm going to read just real quick the other ones. They're all 12 to 1 or worse. Steph Curry, Luca, Kevin Durant, Giannis, another prediction. Guy nice Antitoko Umpo. Is not winning the NBA MVP for a third straight. That no. would put him in such a special category. And his play, I know it's a regular season award, but his failings in the playoffs, I think, almost disqualify him. It'd be fascinating if he had a year that was 10% better than anyone else, how they would have handled it. But him being not near, or the team not doing near as well as the last two years. I kind of like that they're trying something different. Like, if you kept doing the same thing that failed in the playoffs, that's the thing I complain about the Ravens about. You keep doing the same thing that causes you to lose the close games against good teams. Milwaukee might end up having a horrible year because they're taking such a chance, but it's better than just sitting there yep. and not right. taking the chance, right? I agree. Yep. And that's the debate. Are you going for a title or are you going for good? Because if you go for great... Chances are, if you're not Belichick, you're mortgaging the future. You look at Golden State. One guy leaves and an injury, boom, now you're bare, you, know, uh, you know, one of the five worst records last year and now barely a playoff team right on the border. I would, as a fan, I would rather have one title. You know, that's always the interesting question. Would you rather have a decade? What, what, what sports team are you the most 
passionate about outside of gambling? Uh, Boston Red Sox. Okay. So you and you were feeling the pain all those years. Yes. Did you watch like the '86 series on like VHS? I was and- down there on Yaki Way. Yeah, I was outside the stadium when the ball went between Buckner's legs. So you were down there ready to celebrate. Yes. Oh my God! What and there that? was still what another was, game. We of could course. do a whole podcast on that. What was that scene like? Oh my God! Just devastating. Just devastating. And nobody knew what was going on. You just knew what inning it was. You know, they had radios outside and WEEI is across the street and they were broadcasting with sound. And, you know, there's two outs and all of a sudden it's a ground ball and the place started to get this electric buzz. And then, it, you know, and it goes between Buckner's legs and Mookie Wilson and it just it got ugly. Yeah, Ray Knight comes around to score. And oh, my God, it was, is it- it was like you literally let the air out of the tire. We're talking to Matty Holt straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. Is it true that you're the one that says I got Buckner's address that <laughs> night? No. <laughs> that guy, poor my, oh my. So <laughs> you think about it, though. You understand what a championship means. Yeah. And now it's happened, you know, what would it say, four? Yep. I would rather have one title in 10 years and let's say three playoff appearances and seven years out of the playoffs than I would zero titles and let's say seven or eight years in the playoffs. So eight years in the playoffs, no titles, or three years in the playoffs and one title. I take the one title as a Steelers fan, which is my hey, – listen, Pittsburgh's had a nice run. It's been 12 years, 13 years since they won it. You know, Big Ben was like, what, uh, 27 when they won it. It's been a while. Yeah. And to me, I'd, I would – some of those years they made the conference championship game, i trade those in – for that tire, you know, again, when they did win, I woke up in LA. Literally, I had a leather jacket on, no shirt next to the commode. I opened my eyes, and the only thing I saw was porcelain because I drank like three bottles of champagne. It was crazy. That, now, that was in 2005 when they hadn't won in 25 years. Remember, I was uh, 10 years old when they won their fourth. So I, they won four with me growing up an hour away between the ages of five and 10 for me. Then none for 25 years till I was 35. And it was like, that was so huge. I mean, kind of like I'm sure when Boston finally did win it. So do you like the idea of going for it, even if it means you're sacrificing some future year? I do. Think of the Denver Broncos. I mean, they were bad. They built up this amazing defense, had Vaughn Miller. They didn't have a quarterback. They went and got Peyton. They knew they were going to stink for a few years after Peyton, but they got a Super Bowl. And now they're stinking again. But I bet you if you ask Broncos fans, they were so happy to have those two years, the one where Peyton put up the big stats and the one where they won the Super Bowl. You look at Eli, his standing in New York. You look at um, even John Elway. Remember, he was 0 for 3 in Super Bowls before he won two. It completely changed his career, the way it's looked at. And even now, if there's any guy that benefits from Super Bowls, it's like, Elway won two at the end and one as a GM, and he's still, you know, hey, things aren't going great. Maybe become, you know, even higher up the totem pole and don't do as much. And it's like, wow. And if they didn't win, and look at, you know, Jim Kelly and obviously the other side, Buffalo, who in the right minds thinks that was a success? Even though you could make the case, making four Super Bowls is maybe more impressive. The people that talk about LeBron and the 10, well, the theory is, is it a bad thing to win all games you know, in the playoffs except the last one? I don't know, but I don't get any sense 
the Giants from that era that won, you know, let's say one in that era, though there was two in a, in a range there, I guess, is the Giants and Parcells feels more successful by far than Buffalo, even though Buffalo made four Super Bowls. Maybe that's America, but in this country, it's at all count the rings, I think. Yeah, I mean, would you rather be, let's say Kansas City doesn't win one again for five years, would you rather be the Chiefs or the Rams right now? Rams have this elite defense, they have Aaron Donald, they don't feel like a team that's going to win a Super Bowl. Well, remember, you love the Lions, so now the, <laughs> I mean, you're mad at them because they took Stafford away. I mean, this guy bet the Lions like 19 out of 25 weeks. I don't know how he did it. And every week somehow you said it was a good bat. It was hardly ever winning, <laughs> but it was always a good bat. That's Matty Hall. I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. So to finalize the Nets talk, I believe at plus 350, because of the fact that the Nets are getting, they've only had six games with their big three. The first game they lost, they won the next five against some good competition. Okay. They, are unselfish. I believe, I mean, shockingly so, Harden gets a massive amount of credit so far. And hey, as you get closer to the title, you're not going to get more selfish. Well, right? they've won games that just Harden, no Kyrie and no and Against no Phoenix Durant. last yeah. week. So they've got, you know, I would make the case, you could make the case that they have the second, the best second man, you know, Lakers, Anthony Davis, LeBron is the only real competition. Paul George no. doesn't compete with Harden or Durant. So, like, amongst the big two, them and the Lakers and nobody else. Yep. Then if you add a third in. Who's the third? Utah? No, no, a third oh. player, right? I think the idea of Kyrie being the third, who, what, Kuzma? I mean. No, true, nobody compares. I, that's what I'm saying. This is, and I believe if they get the one big guy or the, you know, the buyout type one or two players. And right now, you've got a, cha- a defending champion that just, quite frankly, isn't what a typical defending champion is, as in, as we went through, they had a nice run last year, but they weren't a dominant team th- up until the playoffs. Remember, again, a lot of people were picking against them against Portland in the five-game series. But I think I guess they're going to have game. trouble this year because LeBron is on a mission to win the MVP, and I'm not sure that MVP mission aligns with what would give the Lakers the best chance to win an NBA title. Hey, now, that's it. Is any game he plays because of the narrative of the MVP, he wouldn't play otherwise? And why wouldn't he otherwise? Because he's lazy? No, because it hurts him in June. And remember, has any player in the history of the world, if LeBron makes it to the finals at his age to play this many minutes, and remember, the, the stuff didn't end until October. In that short period of time, we've never seen it before. No. This is unprecedented. Someone this age is playing this many minutes and to go to two straight finals in that short, compact period, unprecedented. The Nets... We haven't seen the best from them yet. I bet it last week on air, four to one. It's now plus 350. I still like it. If you like the Nets, go for it. What would be the odds Lakers versus Nets? I mean, in a series price, let's just assume Lakers get home court. Lakers minus 150? Are they going to get home court? Uh, Maybe not. All right. Well, we're going to keep the conversation going. First, though... Right, well, when we come back, we or not come back, we got trending coming up. But we're going to talk about Carson Wentz. I think, 
both sides think they got rooked on this deal. I'll tell you what I think. We'll see what Maddie thinks. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. First, let's see what's trending. Photos of things other people ate? Call 1-888-FARMERS to get a quote. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance Exchanges are affiliate. Products not available in every state. We're going to talk about Carson Wentz, and we're going to talk about the Utah Jazz. Their odds have improved drastically. Before the show, we were talking, and it was like, hmm, if the Jazz are so good. Now, this is Matt. If the Jazz are so good, why are the odds so big? We looked at the odds today, and we said, wow, they got bet like crazy, and they lost the game. We'll see. I think the Jazz are better than people think. That's when we come back. We are straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Jonas with a well-deserved few days off. Fazek in with me Tuesday and Wednesday. Today, Matty Holt, U.S. Integrity. I would say the number one voice in sports betting when it comes to corruption fighting is stopping the bad guys. All right. Let's finish up the NBA. I'm a believer in the Jazz. We've gone over this a few times. I believe that you look at this run and you say, wow, it looks good, but maybe it looks like Atlanta a few years ago. Maybe it looks like the Mavs, like they, uh, or even the Spurs before they, I think in 13, they had a massive streak. These are the kind of teams that feel like they play hard every night. They don't have a super, superstar. They do well in the regular season, but not the playoffs. And you're one of your kind of, uh, pieces of evidence that you were right as a skeptic was why in the world would the Jazz be 12 to 1, 14 to 1, you know, recently or actually as of we thought Friday. Na- Friday. And why haven't the professionals, the guys that really understand, why aren't they betting them? And then we looked at our printout for today. And one of the most respected books in Vegas, the Westgate, had it at five to one. <laughs> so they lose one, they lose a game over this weekend. It, you could have gotten twelve to one on Friday, and now at that book you can get five to one. There's some places eight to one, but the odds have almost cut in half. Yeah, that shows you right off the go. Future odds are not an efficient market. There's no reason this weekend should have resulted. The whole season resulted in a small move, and then they lose one. Though I do think that Clippers loss with Kawhi playing and Paul George playing unexpectedly, both of them, and then they only lose by four, and they had just crushed the Clippers, and they were looking for revenge, making a statement. I actually upgrade Utah off that. But still, the market has spoken and saying Utah is mighty, mighty good. And I don't want to say I told you so, but I'm going to tell you, we, we were preaching all last week, the market isn't appreciating the jazz. Where is your head? I know you don't want to bet them a 5-1. to one, No. But has that swung your mind a little bit? I, I think this team's really good. I just wonder, 
And this is so hard to compare in the regular season with the amount of players that rest and the guys that we have hurt right now and the fatigue coming off last year's playoff run. But we just haven't really got to see enough games of, you know, enough sample size of how this Utah team would perform against Brooklyn with the big three or, or the Clippers. Hey, they did lose to the Clippers when George and Kawhi did play or the Lakers. Remember they had Conley out that game, though. Conley's missed a lot of games, though. Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is, if anything, it's Utah that was a little weakened in that spot, and they still are very competitive. Yes, I think they're going to be really good, but I just, I wonder in a final situation against the Lakers how they would match up or or against Brooklyn. That's Matty Holt. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. All right, we got less than two, about two minutes. Give me a, uh, your thoughts on the Carson Wentz trade. Um, now we we got the easy part was they needed a quarterback. Carson had a down year. I mean, if you had to make an over under, where's Carson rank one to thirty two at the end of next season? Where's that at? Uh, I would say eleven. All right, so that would be better if you just look at QBR. He was like twelve and twelve the two years prior to last year. Um, he was like twenty eight last year. So you think he just last? It's almost as if last year didn't happen. He reverts back. Well, similar to Josh Allen, he's going to have more weapons and a better offensive line than he's ever had. We saw what Josh Allen did with both. We have to assume there's going to be some upgrade to Wentz. Okay. And do you think if he is the eleventh best quarterback, are the Colts a real Super Bowl contender? They could win, but are they a contender? I think they're at least one of the big three or four in the AFC. So, so one of the the six or eight in the league. Yes. That, to me, that answer is an indictment. And here's why. It's because Carson Wentz was number 28 last year, meaning he is a, a, a bet on the come. He is speculative. It's a speculation. And if you play a lottery ticket and you hit the lottery ticket, you're supposed to win something big. You're not supposed to be one of the six or eight best teams, and they gave up too much, and they gave up an amount. They could have an okay year, get a wild card, and still have to give a number one pickup, and it not even be a great year. Okay, tomorrow, first of all, Matty Holt, thank you, U.S. Integrity. Thank you. We'll have him in. He's an expert in college basketball. We're going to be talking about more college basketball as we approach. Tomorrow, Fezzik, NFL, NBA, all that. It should be an exciting time. We won't have Jonas getting in the way. Ha ha. All right, we gave you the odds. Next up, the odd couple. Right out of Vegas! 